0: Hi everyone, Andy here. This is a special announcement for folks who listen to the show via Spotify. You can now support the pod directly through Spotify for less than the price of a coffee each month, giving you ad-free content, no sponsorships, early access and bonus shows as well. So many of you have chosen to support the show through Patreon and Apple Premium and I appreciate this has been a long time coming for Spotify listeners. Just search That UFO Podcast Premium in Spotify or click the link in this description for this announcement. I am working my way through to upload the entire back catalogue with no sponsors or advertising in there, and you can already listen to the latest interview with ex-CIA officer John Ramirez and some of our popular AMAs, with a new one of those coming soon just for premium members. Otherwise, Apple Premium is still available with a two-week free trial as well, again from less than the price of a coffee, or you can sign up for Patreon for the additional benefits that come with those tiers. Again, thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and just listens to the shows. Lots of great content to come.
1: There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the My
0: gosh. They're
1: all going against the
0: wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. The open beta strives to put the power of studio quality remote video production into the hands of anyone with a story to tell. Features include HD video recording, studio quality sound, chat and footnotes all running right from your browser so you can record from anywhere without ever installing anything check out the links in the show description to find out more this is james fox and you're listening to that ufo podcast Well, you've, you've made quite an impact in a short time in the community. And that shows with the strength of the questions that have come through for you. And hopefully I've managed to get a good selection of them here because there were so many more that I had to leave out for, for all sorts of reasons. Uh, the first question comes from Charlie. And Charlie wants to know uh, that you mentioned Luis Elizondo can't say the word hybrids. Yes, Is this coming from a place of connecting the dots with information that's already in public? Or are you using gained knowledge from your previous role?
1: Gain knowledge from previous role. Um, this is the uh, one of the uh, pieces of information, a very critical piece that I need to get back to CIA and have them approve. Because in order to have any credibility, I need to name names. And these are senior CIA officers. I don't have permission to name their names. So if I get back and say, here's where I was, where this meeting occurred and approximate time frame, because I don't have the exact month and date, but I believe I have a year. Um, it's about 2001, I believe. It could be 2002, but I think 9/11 was about to happen. It did not happen yet, so I'm putting it at summer of 2001 before 9/11. In the fall of 2001, before September, um, that um, some I did receive some information officially. I was with witnesses um, that received this information and I need to lay out the groundwork for how that information came to me. So that's what I can say now.
0: No, I appreciate that, John. Next question from Gareth. When you were working for the CIA, did you ever hear anything about Bob Lazar and what do you think of his story?
1: Let, let me preface, uh, going back to your previous question, here's sure. a point. Uh, In order to do this, as well as uh, get permission to, you know, name names, uh, I am still waiting for. And I had uh, requested CIA to provide me with medical records of an examination done by CIA doctors. So (laughs) that's a teaser uh, with the hybrid question. Um, There's something interesting that occurred uh, medically uh, that CIA uh, doctors uh, did uh, treat me for. And maybe extracted from. Um, so I need to get that, and uh, that's not a FOIA. Uh, CIA officers have a way of communicating the CIA, and we can just say here. <laughs> can I say yes? The shortcut, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt your your other question. Sure, no, no. Uh, Louis Elizondo. Uh,
0: yeah, no. The next one was on uh, Bob Lazar. Had Bob you heard Lazar. anything? Yeah. Well, working at the CIA. Um,
1: you know how I heard about Bob Lazar. On um, Coast to Coast AM, uh, okay. Art Bell as the host. Sure. Um, I think he was on with John Lear, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I first heard Bob Lazar. So other than that, I, I didn't know who Bob Lazar was from anyone. In fact, Coast to Coast AM, back in the day, before everyone were doing these podcasts, and before Twitter – Uh, That was the primary source of a lot of information that we in CIA got. In fact, um, we could tell who were true saying who they were and who were false, who were imposters. Just, just listening to the first 10 minutes of whatever came out of their mouths. But Bob Lazar, uh, that's how I learned. So uh, I don't know him. And so I give everyone a benefit of the doubt until I can talk to them face to face. And, uh, Kind of in my own way, be a judge of the, what they're saying, their veracity. Um, I, I, I just have to. Just, it's one of those things I hold very lightly. I accept, like uh, I say, I embrace widely everything. Yep. It's Things you just got to hold lightly and be able to drop, and uh, he's one of them. I don't sure.
0: know. Are there any aspects of his story that you find particularly interesting?
1: Uh, the, well, he tells a story about uh, the sports model. One of the, the craft that he worked on called the sports model. He talks about these uh, gravity amplifiers or any gravity I think gravity amplifiers. Um, and he talked about this was the one he tested and there were other like did he say nine craft? Something nine, that, yeah. They were like shot through like they were damaged. Um, he, he tells that story uh, in a place called S4. Um, I find that to be interesting. I, I know if, That I mean, I cannot discount, and no one should, that people have gone to Region Nevada or gone close to um, the Groom Lake facility, Uh, Detachment Three, U.S. Air Force Flight Test Center—that's the official name of Edwards Air Force Base—that went there and they've seen craft that have remarkable aerodynamic properties. Yeah. So I mean, that's eyewitnesses. Some people videotaped that. Actually filmed it. So you know, there's something going on there. But as far as uh, Mr. Lazar's personal involvement, uh, how do I know? How does anyone know? Um, either you believe him or you don't believe him. Uh, but as far as there might be something advanced of an aerodynamic nature, people have witnessed that. So you can't, we can't discount that.
0: Sure. Next one is from Trevor. And Trevor wants to know, have you seen the Skinny Bob video? And do you have any intel on its authenticity?
1: I have not seen uh the Skinny Bob video, so I can not address that. But here's something homework for me.
0: Yeah, I can send you a link to that. It's uh if you, have you ever heard of it, John?
1: Uh, I know I I've I've I know of Skinny Bob.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't know the video. And when you say you know of Skinny Bob, I'm gonna to have to follow up. Is that because you've you've heard of Skinny Bob actually existing in some sort of facility, or is that just you've heard of rumors of the video? Um uh,
1: Rumors of his existence. I've never seen a video.
0: Okay, that's that's an interesting one. Anything more to follow up on on that that you can? Or is that I, just, again, you've heard rumors? I
1: don't know in what context Skinny Bob has with this. I've heard his that name associated with this entire phenomenon. I don't know if he was ex-government, experiencer, I don't know. I've just been on Twitter. I mean, is, does he have a Twitter account? I don't know.
0: Uh, it's it's a video of a, a gray um alien type being um filmed pretty old-fashioned style yeah and the nickname of it is skinny bob but it's it's never been discounted or been proven to be a hoax um okay. if it's ge- if it's genuine it's pretty stunning footage but i think the the quality of the footage more than likely points to it not being genuine, or it's one of those like you say, that's put out there as a control rod to test if this mm-hmm. is in the public domain and it's genuine but mm-hmm. i'll I'll get that link over to you, John um, and you um, can have one you
1: I have uh, uh, another side uh, comment about that related to that um, at CIA uh, there's the uh, the director of operations became the National clandestine Service NCS. so these these are the real spies to go overseas right yeah and recruit uh, agents. To work for us. So these, these real spies were uh, were uh, led by an officer named Jose Rodriguez, Jose Rodriguez. On his retirement in the bubble or the auditorium, if you look at it, pictures of CIA, you'll see a domed building. That's the auditorium. We call it the bubble. At his retirement ceremony, um, the other uh, senior officers, as they were sending him off, mentioned the fact that that his nickname in CIA was J-Rod. And J-Rod is the name allegedly of a Roswell uh, crash survivor. It survived a little bit. And so they called this guy who was very senior in CIA, J-Rod. And everyone was laughing as if it was an inside joke. So I'll leave you with that. (laughs) I don't know how to follow up with that, but.
0: No, thanks. And I've sent you over that YouTube link for for afterwards. You can check that out during happy hour and share your thoughts if you like. Um, Diana had a couple of questions. Do you think that what we are seeing and experiencing of the phenomena is in any way related to what's described in ancient religious writings?
1: Ancient writings?
0: Uh, So she's getting at, you know, Buddhist or Vedic beliefs of how consciousness evolved or even going back to the Bible when we hear of, you know, angels versus demons. I'm
1: not um, familiar with uh, the Vedic writings. Uh, I am familiar with the Bible. And it's just just look at (laughs) here they are crossing the desert. Uh, Is it 40 years (laughs) crossing the desert? And they were fed by a a cloud-like vehicle. I would call it dropping food (laughs) (laughs) and supplies to them um, from this cloud-like glowing vehicle. Um, and receive instructions on how to communicate with this vehicle. And uh, and that the priests have to wear certain uh, garments that tend to appear to have some kind of uh, material to protect them from electricity or electric charges. So they would not be conduits. They were insulated. And so this vehicle, they... They made had metal in it, and they, you know, a lot of it is like an allegory. But the the idea was that if you didn't have these garments, if you weren't a priest and you touched it, you died immediately because it was probably charged in some way. And but these priests would like put it uh, in the holy of holies, you know, and only they can talk to the whoever is up in the cloud.
0: Yeah, that's a vehicle.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's like stories of um, of uh, the transfiguration uh, of of uh, there's stories of Jesus uh, before the crucifixion. Uh, he went to the Mount of Olives, and that some of the disciples witnessed that uh, two prophets being down and <laughs> were talking to Jesus, and they were in, you know enveloped in some kind of light. There's stories of the you know, messengers of God or angels. Uh, coming to talk to people like Abraham and they knew on site that these were not human and they mm-hmm. said no they're they're from God so I mean their the Bibles full of all kinds of allegories that tend to you know support that absolutely I, I would love to rewrite. somebody needs to rewrite that from a Uap perspective you know some a theologian who is a believer needs to rewrite a translation for the rest of us that we can read it's the greatest, it'll be the greatest science fact story ever written.
0: I think even if it's not written, an audiobook would be great for some of us who don't have the time to read. So yeah, there's something to do for 2022. Um, Diana also asks, John, do you think the recent tensions with Russia and China could have anything to do with the USA getting closer to disclosing what they know about the UAP phenomenon?
1: I think there might be other terrestrial reasons for that uh, tension. I don't think it's related to UAPs necessarily. Um, If anything, I would hope that um, aside from the UAP issue, um, uh, that we we were able to find some common ground in solving our differences. I know uh, Russia is very concerned about, um, for example, its former Eastern Bloc countries um, uh, joining NATO. Uh, they do not want that to happen. They're concerned about uh, Poland uh, accepting the Patriot surface air missile system, which the Russians consider a threat to them. Um, so there are a lot of terrestrial kind of reasons. Uh, for China, it tend, tends to be driven by uh, economic concerns and t- Taiwan. And in fact, uh, President Biden, uh, according to our new service CNN, Uh, I saw a a blurb on CNN that President Biden made a statement that we would not defend Taiwan. That tends to play into what the Chinese wanted to hear. So I think it's very interesting. And again, I said before that the CIA and and the Chinese have worked closely together in spying on the Russians, providing the Chinese with technology. you talk about an unintended consequence. Uh, we provided them with extremely sophisticated computers. We provided them with, um, well, as you know, in, in the UK, there's Minwith With Hill, mm-hmm. a, a big uh, NSA uh, GCHQ uh, facility. And we basically built uh, a small copy of Minwith With Hill all over China in various places to spy on the uh, Soviet Union. So. Um, we, we had close cooperation with, with the Chinese. Um, I don't know what that cooperation might have been after 2009 because I left CIA. Yeah. Um, but definitely, apparently, in 2016, uh, 2017, rather, uh, during the previous administration, all that got canned, uh, as we said, I, I, that was damaged uh, considerably. And I believe the U.S. government is trying to repair some of that relationship. So, I mean, my iPhone is still made in China, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we money are talks. You know, I mean, you don't have tensions with your best customers because yeah. they are a producer nation, and the United States is uh, more and more a consumer nation, and so Absolutely. we need each
0: other. Next question, John, was from Newman, and Newman wants to know what are your thoughts on Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, I
1: I heard about Skinwalker Ranch again through Coast to Coast AM through uh, guest appearances by uh, Robert Bigelow uh, with uh, uh, like George Nuri. I mean, that was, that was quite the topic of seeing uh, these, these various uh, manifestations of, of very disturbing manifestations uh, occurring. Um, And so uh, I would say this, that now that we've, you know, the, the government officially has stated that that there's disturbing manifestations of the phenomenon with a capital P. And let me preface by saying that in government everything everything you know the craft the beings the, the light beings the you know whatever the channelers uh, provide the experiencers um, all the disturbing aspects like we see at Skinwalkers is labeled under the big. Phenomenon with a capital P. So there are disturbing aspects of that phenomenon that are difficult to explain. Um, and it, and it, I hope that the government continue to investigate that. Um, one thing I would add that um, for a long time, I didn't think that anything to do with uh, Dolce New Mexico was legitimate. I thought, you know, OK, somebody made that up. Dolce New Mexico. What's there? You know, that doesn't see anybody there. But strangely enough, in uh, Dr. Lakatsky's book, Skinwalkers of the Pentagon, he mentioned that one of the uh, candidate sites to put more sensors is Dolce, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. If you look at the UFO literature, you know, there's been uh, reportings of uh, an alien presence at Dolce, New Mexico, and uh, even as far as to say that there was some kind of conflict between humans and that presence in Dolce, New Mexico. And I used to dismiss that. Now I can't do that anymore because in the book it says there's something at in New Mexico we need to take a closer look at. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's very just this this hitchhiker phenomenon is is very disturbing. And I
0: recommend the book as well that you've mentioned, John. I've got a copy of it just there, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. uh, Yeah, don't do not do do what I did. Read it at night. (laughs) Yeah, well uh, I uh, spoke to Colm and George, two of the authors just a few weeks ago, so that was nice to to speak to them about the book as well and some some fascinating stories again that that came from that. So so yeah, definitely check that one out, folks. Um Kelly has a question that I would have asked you, but when I saw Kelly asking it, I thought I would I would credit her. Yeah. Um, what is your current idea as to what the phenomenon may be?
1: I think um okay, so uh, for myself I have to break it down into three categories, and this is just to keep myself sane and keep wrap my mind around it. Um, and so um, the, the, the part that was documented uh, by the work of um, Bigelow uh, prior to uh, the DIA showing up but you know Robert Bigelow had his other effort um, to investigate Skinwalker. Um and then with the current uh the most recent DIA um manifestations of what they collected, this disturbing aspect. So I call that the strangers. Because I don't know, I personally I can't explain it. So I just call it the strangers. They're manifesting in ways that I can't explain that seem very disturbing. So I call that mm-hmm. the strangers. That middle category um I call the the visitors. And I truly believe that there are beings that are visiting us and that they're manifesting themselves to us. Um, people see craft, people see metallic craft flying over our skies. People have encounters um, that experiencers will relate to. So these are the visitors, and also the Chandlers talk about the Pleiadians, the Arcturans um, uh, coming here to help us. You have um, uh, those manifestations under that label of visitors. they're from not here. But then the more controversial one is I call the residents that they were here before we were mm-hmm. and that they may have may, may have had some contribution to enhancing or accelerating our evolution, and the fact that they may still be here. And so I call those the residents. So we have strangers, visitors, and residents. The most interesting are the residents. Because what I would like to know, and I don't know, but I would like to know if our government, the U.S. government, your government in U.K. or Russia or China, do have these governments around the world interacted with these residents in any way, and, and because that would like overturn our um, comfort so yeah. to how we developed, um, that, that that's the real secret that are keeping quiet because we have to like talk about ETs first and Avril Haynes mentioned that word and then maybe we can jump toward hints that 70,000 years ago as Louis said that, that some intervention occurred to enhance our DNA And that maybe that those who enhanced our DNA are still concerned about what they did. They didn't leave. They're still watching over us. Uh, And in my mind, when I see them, uh, I see Saurians, what people call reptilian. I don't like to use that word. Uh, I see Saurians. Uh, Other people see mantis beings um, and other manifestations of these beings. Uh, Maybe some of them are from visitors elsewhere. But maybe some of them are still from here, so I call those residents, and that's the only way I can like put it together, because I c- you can't just go from like one to the other. You can't throw away the nuts and bolts and accept just the experiencers, vice versa. You can't just ex- accept the experiencers and the channelers and then s- throw away the nuts and bolts. And you know that's You're right. That's, that's a just... huge battle in this community. We're just tearing each other apart, yeah. talking about things like that instead of like sharing and accepting that there may be some credence to the other person's experience with this phenomenon,
0: you know. Yeah. And you're right, that conversation for the the mainstream and the, the 99%, the general public, it's easier to accept the confirmation one day of, look, we found alien life on Mars or Venus or some mm-hmm. other planet in the solar system, or even to capture a picture of a flying saucer that's coming in from space that we see in all the Hollywood movies, as opposed to, yeah. look, uh, we aren't alone on this planet. There's something else that would terrify people that uh, regardless of um, what folks say, that would terrify the general public.
1: And I think that's the reason why um, one of the, one of the reasons why uh, in 2017, those three videos were released. I'm hoping for more videos. Um, the, the resonance, my hypothesis about the residents, is kind of, in my mind, in just my mind, not officially my mind, is supported by the fact that some of these craft uh, emerge out of and emerge back into the water. Yeah. Uh, and pole to pole kind of uh, sightings, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I would like to do a FOIA to the government uh, to uh, get the 100, forgetting about the balloon, the 144th, throw that away. The 143 um, pieces of evidence that the government has has collected, you know what's missing from that? Dates and times. You know, like 2004, that's the only date we have. 2004, November uh, 12th, 2004, Tic Tac. And we have the others. You know the two? We have dates and times, right? Yeah. Well, That's three. That's three. So how about uh, the uh, 140? of the others give me the dates and times so that we can correlate where did you see this and when did it occur so that people who may have experienced these craft in the wrong way can say oh that's the one i saw and i think that's very important because some of these i think are like coming from the earth and going back into the earth or coming out of the water and going back into the water
0: john i I'm sure you're reading my questions because the next listener question was from Obi, And Mm. Obi wanted to know, do you know any terms people can use for FOIA that could help crack this whole thing open? Is there anything specifically people should write or use as a keyword when they're writing these?
1: Depends on who you're writing to. Um, Depending on what agency you're writing to. Um, Like a lot... (laughs) NGA is probably... I'm not NGA's favorite person because I reveal that (laughs) NGA is the intelligence agency that people should send FOIAs to because they collect the, the, the video, uh, they collect the imagery, they collect the infrared, they collect the visual evidence. Um, but uh, for example, uh, we, we never say satellite. No, we say uh, National Technical Means, MTM. Uh, we never say documents, we say IIR. IR stands for Imagery, uh, imagery Intelligence Report it's not just you know, it's, they're not going uh, to give you pictures they're not going to give you pictures those 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 the imagery they have will reveal how well we can image this planet from space from low earth orbit it is phenomenal i revealed that commercial unclass, unclassified maxar technologies is um, 25 centimeters maximum. The government allows 25 centimeters per pixel from uh, uh, over 600 kilometers in the sky. And that's amazing. You, You know, take your ruler out and measure 25 centimeters square and then put something on that 25 centimeters square and then go straight up over 600 kilometers and be able to see that on the ground. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's unclassified you can imagine classified is way better than that way better than that. And that's all I can say about how well the U S government can collect imagery. They're not going to give you that kind of imagery. Um, but there are commercial satellites. So I, 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 would ask for like, forget about asking for commercial satellite imagery or anything like that. They're not going to give you that. What you want is the imagery intelligence report, um, regarding, uh, any, uh, any UAP activity that the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency may have disseminated. And then that might be a starting point. I, I'm working with like independent people to help with their language. I did one on crop circles already. Um, I might just throw that out uh, as an example of how to use that language.
0: Excellent. No, thank you for that. That's that's a good one. Thanks, yeah. Obi. That was a good question. Yeah, uh, John, I had a question from Tam, and Tam wanted to know, why do you think the Air Force is insisting on avoiding the UAP conversation at the moment?
1: I don't know if they are. Um, if anything, the Air Force is resisting I think any exploitation of this phenomenon to uh, reverse engineer some marvelous technology that they're holding back and they're going to use in case they need it they're not break glass in case of fire uh, and pull the handle I, I think they're reserving that um i use that example um of the stealth aircraft um the plans for it were received in 1969 from a soviet mathematician and in 1970 there were like starting to work in the 70s, starting to work on what you saw in 1990. So the F-117 uh, stealth fighter, uh, which isn't not really much of a fighter since it doesn't carry any weapons except bombs, um, and it can't <laughs> it's vulnerable to being attacked by another fighter. but stealth fighter, for example, you saw in 1990 during the first Gulf War, that thing's been flying for at least a couple of maybe a decade and a half. When Skunk Works actually produced it and started flying it out of uh, Area 51. So that's what they're hiding. Uh, they, they're reluctant to talk about any exploitation of technology that may have come uh, not from this earth, let's say. As far as everything else, um, I think they're going to be um, more and more able to share now that uh, the DIA has sort of broken the ice. Describing uh, rectangular craft that witnesses have seen, it's in the Lakatsky book. You mm-hmm. can read about rectangular craft, about orbs. Um, you can read all about that. And so, with that being said, I think the future is that they will be more able to release information, especially U.S. Space Force, because they they are responsible for everything from the uh, end of the atmosphere. Near space, where space begins, and on up. So I, I would look to U.S. Space Force actually being the one more able to talk about in the future.
0: Well, speaking of looking up further, uh, Tam also wanted to know what can you tell us about what to what to expect when the James Webb Telescope um, is unveiled and what you think it may find.
1: Um, well, the James Webb Telescope, to be sure, uh, it is not like Hubble. Hubble is an optical scope that has some IR capabilities that it can actually filter uh, some of the light to determine like what what the composition of that light might be in terms of gases on another planet. Uh, The James Webb Telescope is IR, infrared, and it's going to see things that um, we're not able to see with Hubble. It will see uh, in below what we can see with our own eyes, what Hubble can detect with its own mirrors and lenses. Um, so it's not like a telescope in our, in the sense that it's a long scope with like lenses and stuff. You know, it's not like that. It's not a total lens on your camera in space. Um, there are sensors that are cool to darn near absolute zero to freeze the mirror. So there's no vibration of the atoms that make up that mirror. Um, so there's no vibration in the, um, the electronics package that flies with it, that processes that image, they cool it down uh, in the absolute zero range. And so it's gonna be like no interference whatsoever. So you're gonna get clear, concise images of the energy out there, the electromagnetic in the infrared region, energy that's out there. And you're gonna see space that you've never seen before. You're gonna see uh, manifestations of that energy You've never seen before. And my personal hope is that James Webb Space Telescope will be able to detect uh, the appearance of um, craft coming into our solar system and leaving our solar system. If they leave an energy wake uh, in its path, I'm hoping that that would happen. Um, It's it's designed to appear like 200 million years after the Big Bang. They're going like way back. It's, in effect, a time machine of its own, if you if you want to use that word uh, loosely. And the fact that they can look at something, because light takes so long to travel, they can go all the way back and look at light as it left the singularity we call the Big Bang, 200 million years after. And with the estimated uh, universe, the age of the universe, that's almost instantaneous to the creation of the universe. And that's what they want to see, what's out there. Northrop Grumman teases, uh, and Northrop Grumman is the system integrator. Northrop Grumman teases that the James Webb Telescope will reveal the origins of humans. Looking back in the time, and might tell us the origins of humans, where we came from, and who we are. It's in their literature about the James
0: Webb Telescope, so I have great hopes for that. That's one to look forward to. Two more listener questions, John, and then very quickly to finish off with a quick fire in the remaining time we have before you hit that happy hour bar. Um, Dave wants to know really interesting question. Do you think that they were out there trying to get a reaction from phenomena during the recent USS Russell and USS Omaha incidents that we saw the footage from? Yeah,
1: I saw that footage. Um, I would say this, that the infrared image you saw, that green screen, (laughs) a little circle, that is not the infrared system on board, um, USS Omaha. It has a very sophisticated system. So that looked like someone's night vision equipment. Mm-hmm. That's not the official <laughs> equipment on board, uh, the USS Omaha. It is remarkable. Um, but as far as the, that's one where it detected triangular craft, I believe. Yeah. Yes. On, on both of those. um, Sometimes I wonder if they are, they being whoever's driving these craft, are basically saying, here we are, go find, come find us, you know, just here's some more things to look at. It's almost like they're putting on a show for us. And that's, that's my take on it. Um, But I I looked at that image and I looked at the scope picture. Now, I used to be in the Navy. And I know what um, uh, the tactical data system looks, looks like. I know the symbology used now, MILSPEC 2525, there's certain symbology on that scope mm-hmm. for an unknown, unidentified uh, airborne contact. I did not see it on the scope image. And also I point out that in CIC, uh, you're not going to be taking personal images of that scope. That's not going to happen. That, that does not happen. So I don't know where that image came from. I don't know if it's official because in the Navy, uh, you can actually record that scope image electronically. And you can actually record the radar data electronically. You can go back and look at that data precisely. Um, so I, I, don't, I, question that, I, I don't question the fact that the craft appeared. Um, I question because the Navy said, yes, the craft did appear. That They said, yeah, the craft appeared. And they said, yeah, that looks like what we saw. But I don't know if that's official Navy uh, imagery. It doesn't look official Navy imagery. It looks like someone snuck a video in. And the point is, there's better imagery that the government has that it's not revealing. But they allow the teasers taken by uh, individuals to show up. But I want the real image.
0: Yeah, those those teasers still ended up on CNN, Fox, Good Morning America and other news networks around the world. And like you say, those control rods, if you're going to do it, that's a good way of kind of testing the water for the the general populace. Um, final question, John, from Mark. Um, we keep hearing, and you mentioned it, John, that there is a 23-minute video of a UAP or UAPs. Yeah. Um, given that the U.S. degraded spy satellite photos in the Cold War to ensure our enemies didn't know our exact technical capabilities, is there any valid reason that the DOD could not release the 23-minute video degraded, so to speak, so it does not reveal any sensitive information or capabilities?
1: Um that's a good question for Luis. <laughs> the only reason why I know about the 23 minute video is because he said there was a 23 minute video. He has yet. Yeah. I know. Um, but to answer the broader question, um, as far as imagery goes, um, I, I don't see why not. They, they can't release the, the entire video degraded somewhat. I don't know what the source of the video is. I don't know if it's from a U.S. Air Force aircraft with cameras on board, because we have several uh, what we call um, intelligence surveillance reconnaissance ISR aircraft. In fact, a lot of them fly from the U.K., (laughs) a combat scent scent and rivet joint. Um, There's Cobra Ball uh, flying in the Pacific, but Cobra Ball can also fly um, elsewhere. Um, But they have some sophisticated cameras And they can be easily downgraded um, because it doesn't show national technical means. They're more tactical in nature.
0: Can I ask your opinion, John? And this is because you mentioned that you talked about those satellites being able to find uh, an image on a 25-centimeter square bit of paper from 600 kilometers. Now, with with this footage, I think there's always an assumption that it's taken over over U.S. space or water. Is there a chance that the 23-minute video is filmed using equipment over North Korea and that the U.S. has footage of of this UAP or UAPs, but it's over an area that they shouldn't be looking at, so that's why it's not allowed to be released. Um, the North
1: Koreans know we're overflying their territory.
0: Oh, well, you know, North Korea, Russia, China, just whatever, but yeah, it, it doesn't... I mean... <laughs> Would that even make a difference to you?
1: No, because, I mean, we know that uh, this, the Russians fl- overfly our territory with satellites, the Chinese overfly our territory with satellites, the Chinese overfly Russia, <laughs> you know, we yeah. overfly Russia. I mean, we overfly everybody. Um, and with especially with Russia, I mean, we have uh, treaty agreements that we can inspect each other's, um, for example, missile silos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We exchange data. I mean, every time the Russians were fighting uh, in the new START treaty, Five times per year, the Russians will deliver the telemetry data about their missiles to us. We'll deliver our tests about our uh, ICBMs to Russia. I mean, we had China, we had uh, Russian officers inside a top secret lab because they were installing the equipment we needed to use to spin their tapes. So speaking, we, we CIA, had our uh, technicians, our engineers, our analysts in their lab they needed to spin our tapes. I mean, it's, okay. you'd be you'd be surprised the cooperation amongst intelligence services. It's almost like a professional courtesy kind of thing. You yeah. know, after we all said and done, you know, we you know we we go to the bar, and have happy hour together. It's that yeah. kind of a relationship in many cases. Um, it's not adversarial. Um, the proxies are adversarial. To answer that question, I don't see why. I mean, the the North Koreans know what we're looking at uh, because we go to the the Six Party Talks. We told the Korean North Koreans, "Hey, we know you're you have a nuclear facility here in Pongye. Here's the picture of it. We yep. want to know what's going on here. I mean, they know. So I don't think I don't think that would preclude showing it. I, I,
0: so you I can't know. see any reason, which which is good to hear. And it's just a case. Well, I say it's good yeah. in one way, but it's just being kept back for. For other reasons that might I, not be valid. I don't
1: know. I, maybe it's that somebody made a decision. Let's leave that rod in the in the uh, nuclear reactor and not pull it out because that might cause a chain reaction with unintended consequences. I don't know. Um, but again, you know, I would love to see it.
0: Well, love to see it, John. We're almost out of time. I'd like to finish off the fire. I've got um, five subjects. I'd like you to share just a couple of words or a sentence about yeah. that we've not managed to talk about yet in no, the body talk. of the interview. <laughs> I'll try. Um, So the first one that you've actually mentioned very briefly, but crop circles. Yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I believe in crop circles. I believe there are messages in crop circles. Um, I have to believe that there are messages in crop circles. It's not ignored. And the agency that will probably, NGA would be the agency that would have taken pictures of crop circles. By the way, we cannot image the UK uh, it's an agreement that we don't spy spy, we're, uh, spy on friends, so we do not image the UK. Um, so most of, a lot of crop circles occur in the UK, mm-hmm. um, but we can't image that. Um, but uh, the UK government can, and so um, I would have to believe, and I'm going way over time, the NSA might be able to interpret what's in the crop circles in terms of a message.
0: The next one would be your thoughts on remote viewing. Um,
1: I actually uh, have two remote viewing courses uh, marketed by Major Ed Dames. Um, One's a very old one, a VHS, and one's a new one. I would say this, that um, uh, it's a true... I've actually seen uh, remote viewing uh, products. I didn't know they were remote viewing. They didn't tell me. And the remote viewers didn't know where the products went. So they do their drawings, they write up their reports and it gets filed away. What it does is what happens is it comes to the weapons analyst, if it's a weapon, to DIA and CIA. So I actually had remote viewing products. I met uh, uh, Paul Smith. Dr. Paul Smith was a remote viewer and he drew out at breakfast, he drew out something that he remote views. I remember that, this is this and this is that. <laughs> he said, how do you know that? Because, because what you did came to me. <laughs> So I made that connection with them. That was kind of cool.
0: Thank you for that one. Uh, the next one is the fact that there may be underwater bases uh, at Catalina or Catalina Islands, something you alluded to before.
1: You know what? It's in Catalina is uh, Special Forces. Um, There's SEALs down there, and they do exercise down there. Um, I don't know about underwater bases. I mean, don't think of like a uh, James Bond movie underwater base. Um, it would not surprise me that there are, like, you know, a sub tender. I don't know if your audience knows what a submarine tender is, but it's a ship uh, designed to service submarines that come alongside. And, you know, they can service the submarines with equipment and so forth. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's submersible um, US Navy kind of uh, assets like that, the underwater. Uh, uh submarine tenders uh as far as a UAP presence underwater, we kind of know that because they are going in and out. Um where they go, I don't know. Um uh,
0: that seems I mean, to be a popular
1: one. And I would say this. Um I can say this uh as a FOIA point. Uh the Navy has a program called Naval Special Programs, NSP. I can say that it's heavily, heavily, heavily sapped. And um that I can say that because my predecessor in the Elan office at CIA, Jean Poteet, actually started the naval uh, the NSP program and he actually wrote about it in open source literature. So ask the Navy about that, and they're just freaking out because I said NSP. But I, I can source it that they they're like didn't they're getting the counterintelligence officer on my case any minute now.
0: <laughs> no, that's thanks He's for that one. Two more, John. The first one is alien abductions.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, again, I
1: I was taken. And here's the difference. I, I wanted to be taken. I planted sunflower seeds. So they grow grown the sunflowers. And for some reason, I was downloaded that you need to do sunflowers. I don't know if that occurred anywhere in anyone else's experiences that sunflowers are important. Uh, but they, were, they took me and I wanted to be taken because I wanted them not to bring me back. Please take me with you. <laughs> Why am I here? Um, And so that's my taken experience now for uh, military abductions. Again, um, your best source is um, Melinda Leslie.
0: And finally, are we heading towards confirmation or disclosure? Uh, Well, one,
1: I don't like the disclosure word, as you know. I like dissemination, and it's on some controlled schedule. Dissemination uh, will lead to confirmation. They'll have to come up and say, okay, this is what's been happening. Um, and this is where we really come from. Once they can say, this is where humanity actually come from, came from, and this is why we don't look like our primate brothers and sisters at the zoo or in the wild, in the jungles. I don't I don't like zoos. I like all animals to be free. Um, uh, when they can build that bridge, uh, that's when you're going to get the full I would call it the fullness of faith because <laughs> to me, I believe in faith-based ufology. I can't prove anything. It's like I can't prove God, but I know God exists in some way. You know, it's a personal religion kind of thing. No one can prove anything, but it's based on faith. And that's the way I approach ufology. It's faith-based. I, I believe it.
0: John you've been really generous with your time. Um I appreciate you've made a, a big impact in a very small uh, time frame in the UFO community. Uh, you've certainly caused a lot of topics of conversation. I appreciate your your openness and your your willingness to speculate at where possible too. Um what's next for you within the community? Are you planning on sticking around? Um, have you got more interviews planned uh, and what's next?
1: Uh there are a lot of folks who uh, reached out to me. Um to do as you're doing today on various podcasts, um, I would say this, that um, I will stop talking. I would close my Twitter account and I would never breathe another word about this when they finally say, we're hybrids. And that's where we came from. And because we're hybrids, those who created us as hybrids are here to help us. When they can say that, uh, mission accomplished for me. Because that's a big big step forward and understand who we are i actually b- believe there are going to be people upset but i hope it brings some sense of community of who we are get rid of our differences get rid of these petty differences based on skin color um national origin all of that stuff it's just to me it's nonsense uh and if we just become earth uh and
0: recognize who we are and, and i i'll uh, i'll be happy very very happy Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, UAP, A, -A M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
1: It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer. More like a hubcap design by Chaucer, a little Baroque. Like Alice was playing face for the parliament fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window and when
0: I shoved out the screen he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a the horrid
1: Meditative game of fate full on I Can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake, I was about to abduct you, cuz.
0: Back, and nearly kissed myself, and then I
1: climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed, and there was something on my head, and everything was weird, and everything was red. And I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should take therapy and I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me. Consider your lies. Consider your lies.